Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Talbert, and welcome back to my podcast I call my passionate musical journey. It's Turntable Tuesday because life's too short not to listen to great music. This week's feature is the 1976 classic rock masterpiece from Boston. I'll be back in a moment to tell you all about this album from the band Boston. But first, Will Kimbrough is going to tell you all about how I've got a passion for it. This was the year that student Tom Schultz was attending the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where he wrote his first song while he was a student. He also began to meet musicians who would form a band that would come to dominate the rock music charts for the coming decades, a band called Boston. Tom received both a bachelor's degree in 1969 and a master's degree in 1970, in mechanical engineering from MIT. He soon had a job working for the Polaroid Corporation as a senior product design engineer. He started using his salary to build a recording studio in his basement and to finance the demo tapes that were being recorded in professional recording studios. Those early demo tapes were recorded with Brad Delp on vocals, Barry Goodrow on guitar, Jim Mastia on drums, and Tom on guitar, bass, and keyboards. The demo tapes were sent to record companies, but the group received almost endless rejections. 1973. 
Tom formed the band Mother's Milk with Brad Delp, Barry Goodrow, and Jim Mastia. This band name barely lasted a year, but Tom worked with this trio to produce six demos, including the songs More Than a Feeling, Peace of Mind, Rock and Roll Band, Something About You, which was then titled Life Isn't Easy, the song Hitch a Ride, which at that point was going by the title San Francisco Day, and the song Don't Be Afraid. Tom has said they had finished four of these six songs by the end of 1974, and they had finished More Than a Feeling and Something About You by 1975. Tom Schultz played all the instruments on the demos except for the drums, which were played by Jim Mastia. By this time, Tom was building guitar pedals and other electronic equipment, which he used to create new guitar sounds for these tracks. As these demo tracks were circulated, the tapes attracted the attention of promoters Paul Ahern and Charlie McKenzie. This duo management team then facilitated a record deal with Epic Records, and some change began to happen. Bass guitar player Fran Sheehan was added along with drummer Sib Hashian, who replaced Jim Mastia on drums. Barry Goodrow stayed on the guitar, and Brad Delp was still on the lead vocals. Now that the band had a recording contract, the record label wanted Tom Schultz to re-record the demo tapes in a Los Angeles studio. At this point, Tom decided he wanted to remain in his home studio, doing the work as he was relentless in his perfection of each track, and it would just take too long in a regular studio. If you can imagine this time, there was only tape, and no digital studio equipment, so it would sometimes take days to get complex pieces completed. After some time passed, Tom worked out a plan with the album producer, John Boylan, to make the label happy and basically do what he wanted to do, which was complete most of the recording in his home studio. Once most of the tracks were ready, the multi-track tapes were transported to Los Angeles, where Brad Delp added vocals, and the album was then mixed by John Boylan. It was then that the band was named Boston, by the suggestion of producer John Boylan and engineer Warren Dewey. The debut album, Boston, was released on August 25, 1976, and still ranks as one of the best-selling debut albums in U.S. history, with over 17 million copies sold. Barely two years later, Tom Schultz had completed the second studio album in his home studio, and the album was released in what he felt like, according to a quote, was a bit of a rush job. The sales of the second album still topped 7 million copies, Many artists would consider this a roaring success for any music project. By this point, it was 1979 going on 1980, and there was a bit of a legal battle going on with Tom Schultz and Paul Ahern about the contract clauses and some rights to the songs that Tom had written. This started causing a delay in getting the third album out. Soon Tom told the band to go work on some other projects for a while if they wanted, while some of this was being resolved. Barry Goodrow produced a solo album that some say sounded like a Boston album. I bought that album as it did have some sounds like a Boston album, but it was different, and it was more of a classic sound content that many find a signature sound for Boston. I mean, if you think about it, a musician uses the same guitar collection to play music with some of the same artists that play on a Boston record. Would not some of that sound familiar? I find this just fine if the music is original. In fact, this album was a nice record I still have in my collection today. For a Boston fan, I would tell you to go buy a copy of it and give it a listen. Meanwhile, Tom Schultz and Brad Delp were recording new material for the third Boston album, and suddenly CBS files a $60 million lawsuit against Tom Schultz, alleging breach of contract for failing not to deliver a new Boston album on time. The lawsuit's first round of litigation was eventually decided in Tom Schultz's favor, 
After the court case was settled, Tom moved the band over to the MCA label. It took over seven years to resolve this case, and finally in 1990, it was over. In the meantime, Tom started his high-tech company, Schultz Research and Development, which made amplifiers and other music electronic equipment. His Rockman amplifier was released in 1982. This headphone guitar amplifier can still be purchased even today. Schultz Research and Development was sold to Dunlop Manufacturing Incorporated in 1995, but Dunlop continues to manufacture the Rockman Ace, and Tom Schultz's signature still appears on the unit. If you go to a Boston concert, as I'm sure many of you listeners have, you will see the array of electronic equipment that's stacked on a stage with LED lights glowing during the show. Tom has been a lifelong inventor, and he has an endless supply of great equipment, which he invented, and it delivers one-of-a-kind Boston sound. I have some photos over on my companion blog at andrewtalbert.com if you want to take a look at some of the live shots of Boston on a stage from some recent shows. Over time, Boston and several different band configurations have produced seven studio albums. The first debut album was self-titled Boston. The second album, Don't Look Back. Third Stage was the third album. Walk On was number four, followed by a Greatest Hits album. Corporate America followed the Greatest Hits album. And Life, Love, and Hope was the last Boston album. The members of this band have changed in time as in any long-lasting band. Brad Delp and Sib Hashian have both passed away. Over time, the touring band has changed, and the band still sounds great today. Boston has continued to tour year after year with the last extensive tour in 2017. In April of 2017, Tom Schultz reported he had been writing new material for the seventh Boston album. In an interview, he told the Sun-Herald newspaper in Biloxi, Mississippi, that I find I'm in a position that I really need to write things that we can play at shows. We play basically everything that people expect to hear that we can fit into two hours. We also do a lot of things that aren't on any of the records by adding things and segs and instrumental parts, so I always come up with some new stuff. It's quite a challenge. I have to write new things for the tour every year, which is what I wanted to do in the first place, but I got sidetracked in the studio recording. Now I'm actually a performing musician, and I have to tell you, it's much more fun. When asked during that interview about a potential release date for the album, Tom said, Who knows? I'm only 70. I figure I've got 30 years. Let's talk about the debut album, Boston, which is the subject of this podcast episode today. This album was released, as I've already told you, on August 25th of 1976. It was recorded from October of 1975 through April of 1976. The studios are listed as Fox Glove in Watertown, Massachusetts. Capital in Hollywood, and a record plant in Los Angeles. The length of this album comes in at 37 minutes and 41 seconds, and the recording label was Epic Records. The producers were John Boylan and Tom Schultz. There were three singles that were released from this album, More Than a Feeling, which came out in September of 1976, Long Time, which was released in January of 1977, and Peace of Mind, which was released in April of 1977. Let's talk about the track list for this album. Starting with side A on track one, the song More Than a Feeling comes in at 4 minutes and 46 seconds. And with a beautiful fade-in and great lyrics, soon you hear the layers of guitar and the hand claps just driving the beat. I love this classic drum beat that people describe as Pat Boone, Debbie Boone, and it ends in a cymbal crash. And that sound of the Gibson Les Paul with that sustain 
and pick drags across the string. There's just so much going on in this song, you could write about it for days. If you want to see Tom's Gold Top Les Paul guitar, I have a photo or two from a couple of shows I've attended over on my companion blog at andrewtalbert.com. Boston's website says that the song More Than a Feeling is about the power of an old song that you can have in your life. Tom Schultz describes the song as sort of a bittersweet ballad. For the most part, this is a bit of a theme in Boston songs. Tom worked on this song in his basement from 1970 through 1975 before Boston got his record contract. The drum parts were originally developed by Jim Bastia, although Simp Hashian played the drums on the official release of this album. This song finds Tom playing acoustic guitar and electric guitar, which is combined with some very powerful Brad Dale vocals. When you see Boston perform on a live stage, there are times where Tom plays his gold top Les Paul and then he steps over to a static-mounted acoustic to play parts. This is only a few steps away from his keyboard array, and it's very cool to watch all of this happening knowing how he wrote and played the parts. The lyrics describe discontent with the present and how he still yearns for a former love named Mary Ann, whose memory is strongly evoked by an old familiar song. In one interview, Tom was asked, Who's Mary Ann? He replied, Well, there actually is a Mary Ann, and she wasn't my girlfriend. He further explained that when he was eight or nine years old, he had a much older cousin who he thought was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen, and he was secretly in love with her. This was followed by a laugh. Tom has also said that the lyrics were inspired by his emotions after a school love affair had ended. This song's been described in many articles and interviews as being influenced by the lyrics of the band Left Bank in their song Walk Away Renee. Maximum guitar author Andy Eldort has pointed out that the guitar chord progression of G, D, F minor, E minor 7, D also follows the line, I can see my Marianne walking away. This also comes from the song Walk Away Renee. There are multiple articles that analyze this song and they describe how the guitar solo is unusual in that it incorporates mordants and inverted mordants which are more typically used in classical Baroque music. Tom did grow up listening to classic music. Let's talk about track two, Peace of Mind, at five minutes and two seconds. The opening track of this song launches into guitar work that just leads the listener to anticipate what's coming next. This is very much a classical music technique that's hundreds of years old and very effective even in rock music. It takes a sophisticated artist to employ techniques like this, but any listener can totally enjoy it. Earlier I told you about Tom working for Polaroid Corporations in the early days, and as a 35-year veteran of corporate America, I really get this song. Here's a few lyrics. Peace of mind. Now you're climbing to the top of the company ladder. Hope it doesn't take too long. Can't you see there'll come a day when it won't matter? Come a day when you'll be gone. Oh, oh, I understand about indecision, but I don't care if I get behind. People living in competition, all I want is to have my peace of mind. Take a look ahead. Take a look ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really love the description of this song, which is listed in the Greenwood Encyclopedia of Rock History. It describes peace of mind as being built around soaring guitars, tight vocal harmonies, and huge hooks which were a part of the band's appeal. Boston lead singer Brad Delp cited Peace of Mind as an example of how Tom Schultz was able to combine the vocal harmonies of the Beach Boys with the heavy guitar sound of Led Zeppelin. 
I think this is quite accurate. In fact, this is a very great track. The song is Peace of Mind, track number two. Moving on to track number three, Foreplay, Long Time. This song lasts 7 minutes and 47 seconds. In an interview for the Best of the Boston CD, Tom Schultz said that the song Foreplay was the first song he ever recorded, and he did this on a two-track recording machine in his basement. Tom also stated that it was the first piece of music he ever wrote back in the year 1969. The song opens with Tom on organ, and the drums are layering in on the song as it builds tempo and anticipation throughout the introduction. Before long, this track starts to sound like a song you could see 12 people play on a stage with layers of sound that remind me of a rock opera. Soon the vocals start into the long-time portion of the song, and the acoustic guitar is introduced with the use of hand claps to provide additional percussion to the already full-on rocking drums. All of the instruments on this track are top shelf, and the vocals from Brad Delp are superb. Tom Schultz played on several guitars, including lead guitar on foreplay, which was processed through his invention he calls the hyperspace effects pedal. Tom also plays rhythm acoustic guitar on long time. The three electric guitar solos on long time are played by Barry Goodrow. If you want to learn more about Tom's inventions and his use of the hyperspace pedal, you can go watch a video, which I've embedded over on my companion blog at andrewtalbert.com. Watching this video really takes me back to when this music was new and I was dropping quarters into an arcade machine with my friends. Go check that video out. It's very interesting. The first three songs on this album are the longest tracks, and the other five shorter tracks are on side B. So let's turn this vinyl over and check out side B. Track number four, Rock and Roll Band. It starts out, well, we were just another band out of Boston on the road to try to make ends meet, playing all the bars, sleeping in our cars, and we practiced right out on the street. Boston's official website acknowledges that this song is a charming bit of group self-mythology. The song lyrics from Rock and Roll Band are a bit of a stretch concerning the band's history as Tom Schultz himself admits that the song is pure fantasy since the band never played live or toured at the time the song was written and although they were rejected by a long list of recording labels, according to Tom, the song lyrics from Rock and Roll Band are a bit of a stretch concerning the band's history as Tom Schultz himself admits that the song is pure fantasy since the band never really played live or toured at the time the song was written, although they were rejected many times by a long list of recording labels. According to Tom, the song was inspired by drummer Jim Bastia telling him of playing in bands in Hyannis, Massachusetts, and dreaming of being discovered. Tom decided to write a song about everybody who dreams about that, even though that's not what happened with Boston. Track number five, Smokin'. This track, along with Rock and Roll Band, really lit up the FM airwaves as the debut album from Boston was released. The songs were on car stereos, they were on home stereos, and jukeboxes all over the world. The formats were vinyl and tape, as in eight tracks and cassettes. Many DJs are quoted as saying that these are the songs that really helped to lay the foundation for classic rock as it exists today over four and a half decades later. If you listen to this song, it is a full-on, layered rock song in the Boston style, but it's based in a boogie beat that almost sounds like a ZZ Top track in the back. But who can miss all that great organ work from Tom and those soaring guitars with effects? Brad Delp just sings this song as no one else can, and you have yourself a hit song on a back-to-back -back hit record. Smokin' was written and recorded in 1973 
and was originally titled Shaken. Here's six lines from the middle of the song. Everyone's jumping, dancing to the boogie tonight. Clap your hands, move your feet. If you don't, you know it won't seem right. We're getting off today. We'll pick you up and take you away. Get down tonight. What a song. Smoking. Track number six, Hitch a Ride. It's tough to follow the two opening tracks on side B, but Hitch a Ride does a great job. It's full of lead guitar with effects, as well as a solo after a solo that literally takes you on a ride. As you listen to the guitar solo, it takes you from the beginning to the end of this one. It's a very easy and nice listen for any rock fan. So what does Hitch a Ride mean? Well, most of us know what thumb a ride, bum a ride, hitchhiking, and for many places in the world, especially America and most of Europe, a person who wants to hitchhike will extend their arm toward the road with their fist and the thumbs pointing upwards. And in the days of the gig economy with Uber, Lyft, and others, as well as public transportation, you really don't see anyone hitching a ride anymore with that thumb out. However, in 1976, things were a little bit different. Hitch a Ride was originally titled San Francisco Day with lyrics starting in New York City and then planning to hitch a ride to head for the other side. One thing I find interesting is that Tom created this special effect of a bent note on the track's organ solo by slowing down one of the recording reels with his finger. Here's a few lyrics. Day is night in New York City. Smoke like water runs inside. Steel idle trees to pity. Every little thing that's died. Gonna hitch a ride. Head for the other side. Leave it all behind. Never change my mind. Gonna sail away. Sunlight's another day. Freedom on my mind. Carry me away for the last time. Oh yeah. How many people know that one by heart? I'll bet there's a bunch of you listening that do. Hitch a ride. What a great song. Let's move on to track number seven. Something about you. This song, Something About You, was originally titled Life Isn't Easy, and it was written around the year 1975. It opens with a quiet vocal until that Les Paul Gibson just lights up a lead solo that takes the song right into overdrive. Then you hear Tom emulate a pick drag with that hyperspace pedal push, and the song goes right into the vocal lines. There's been over a dozen songs that were written in the last few decades titled Something About You, and I dare say none of them would ever rock to the level of this one from Boston. Here's some of the lines from late in this very well-written story from Tom Schultz that has an incredible rock and roll music backing. But there was something about you I want you to know. It brought a change over me it's starting to show. I've got this feeling inside, got to have you, have you. Ain't no good to hide. It isn't easy to show what I'm feeling inside, girl. It isn't easy, I know. To believe in a man like me. Like me. Can't you see? I gotta gotta have you. But there was something about you. Yeah, there was something about you. Great lyrics, great music. What an execution. What a job. Track number eight. Let me take you home tonight. This song was written by Brad Delp, and it's a little bit different from the other tracks on this record because I believe that is where there's a change from the Tom Schultz songs to this Brad Delp track and it's a little more subdued than some of the other tracks but it fits nicely at the end of the record 
It slowly builds with all the layers of instruments towards a bit of a rock climax at the end, and it's almost like you're hearing a version of the song Shout from the Isley Brothers. Check out some of these lyrics from the late Brad Delp. Now, I'm not like this. I'm really kind of shy. But I get this feeling whenever you walk by. I don't want to doubt you. I want to make you high. If you could see a way to me, come on, let me try. Let me take you home tonight. Mama, now it's all right. Let me take you home tonight. I'll show you sweet delight. Let me take you home tonight. Closes out this album. And some say this debut album from Boston created a reference point for production values and studio technology that would stand for years. This album is hailed as one of the greatest in rock history with an inclusion in the book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. In terms of personnel, told you all about Tom Schultz, who played electric guitars, acoustic guitars, clavinet, organ, and bass guitar. He was a design consultant. He was on the remastering, liner notes, production, and engineering. This guy's all over this record. It really belongs to Tom Schultz. Barry Goodrow was on the lead guitar on Long Time and Let Me Take You Home Tonight. Jim Bastia was on drums on Rock and Roll Band. Brad Delp was on lead and harmony vocals as well as acoustic guitar on Let Me Take You Home Tonight. Sib Hashian was on drums on all tracks except Rock and Roll Band. Fran Sheehan was on bass guitar on Foreplay and Let Me Take You Home Tonight. In terms of technical personnel... John Boylan was on production, and Warren Dewey was on engineering. That was the pair that gave the band their name. Denny King, Bruce Hensel, Doug Ryder were all on assistant engineering. Steve Hodge was the assistant in the mixing process. Toby Mountain, Bill Ryan were on remastering when the album was remastered. And Tom Curly Ruff was on the digital transfer when digital came of age. In terms of other personnel, Paul Ahern and Charles McKenzie were in charge of direction, as I've already told you. Kim Hart was on design consulting. Jeff Albertson and Ron Pownall were on photography. Gary Peel was on photo editing. Roger Heisen did the cover illustration. And for the reissue designs, Joel Zimmerman was involved with the reissue designs. Just to mention a little bit about the cover for this album and all of the Boston themes going through the years, the trademark sci-fi theme of the record cover was totally Tom Schultz's concept. He said the idea was escape. He said, I thought of a spaceship guitar. The original spaceship was designed in 1976 by Paula Shear and was illustrated by Roger Heisen with the lettering done by Gerard Herta for Epic Records. For charting and certifications... This debut album was certified gold two months after its release and sold another 500,000 copies within the next 30 days, going platinum for the first time in November of 1976. By January of 1977, this album had sold 2 million copies, making it one of the fastest-selling debut albums in rock history. Tom Schultz was still working at Polaroid as the album released, where he was a 29-year-old engineer, but soon... He was a rock star and never looked back. In terms of weekly charts, this album went up to position 7 in Canada. On the German album charts, it went to number 4. New Zealand, number 16. Sweden, as far as the top 60 albums, it hit number 26. On the UK official charts company, number 11. 
and the U.S. Billboard 200 all the way to number three. Certifications. Canada. Diamond status at 1 million copies plus sold. In the U.K., the certification was gold at over 100,000 copies sold. In the United States, according to the RIAA, and these numbers are actually old at this point, but even so, you can only imagine how many copies of this album have been sold. The RIAA still reports 17 million copies sold, 17 times platinum. Wow, what a debut album from Boston. I remember when this record came out and just shaking my head at, wow, who produced this thing? I mean, it's just incredible. It was like revolutionary in its time. It was so far ahead of the production capabilities of most studios at that point. And Tom had worked for endless hours in his studio, and the stories started coming out about how this whole thing came together, and I think the album just got bigger and bigger. It was incredible how much this record was being played. And even today, when I'm riding down the road, and I'm listening to satellite radio or whatever it is I might be listening to, it's like you can't go an hour or so on certain channels without hearing a Boston song, and many times it's one of these eight tracks. It's just incredible how this album has sustained through, I believe it's 46-plus years at this point that this album's been around, and it'll be around for a long, long time. This album truly left a mark on history in the rock books. And that's what I'm going to tell you this week about the debut album from Boston. You guys stay safe out there. Hope everybody's having a great year so far. Let's get this winter over with in the Northern Hemisphere I'd like to hand it off to the Southern Hemisphere soon so you guys can enjoy some winter and us folks that are a little farther north in the world can enjoy some summertime once again. We need some heat up here because, you know, the snow is getting a little old at this point. I know you folks that like to ski and that kind of thing are enjoying the snow, but, hey, I'm I'm waiting for the palm trees, baby. You guys take care of each other. Be sure to take care of your neighbor, and I'll see you right here again next time on this podcast. This has been Andrew Talbert, and until next time, I'll see you down the road. has been a production of Worldwide Music Media. Be sure to check out the online companion blog at andrewtalbert.com.